Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. I can do 17 things at the same time and not lose concentration. And and that's because you are extra unique. (laughs) (laughs) And we put the extra on with a lot of emphasis. As I drive away from my house each morning, I look back and I realize that it truly represents indecision. 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 My house right now is, is, is representing a little bit of indecision. Because if you look at my house, out of the front of it, off to the side of one, uh, one side of my porch, I have Thanksgiving fall type decorations. Okay. You know, I've got some grasses and pumpkins and little yeah, things. And it just some browns and oranges and yellows. Very good. Yes. Thank you very much. And then if you look at the other side of my porch, you will see... Red and green. Oh. Christmas wreaths, Christmas decorations, stars, that type of stuff. And I just drive away and I just shake my head because normally I would never, ever, ever allow that to be happening. But 2020, it just seems like the thing to do. I've called it Thanksimus. Thanks. You have your Thanksimus decorations. I have Thanksimus yeah. defini- decorations up. And it's not just on the outside of my house. It's on the inside of my house, too. I have random Thanksgiving fall stuff still intertwined with all of the Christmas stuff that I put up over the weekend because this year I've decided we're celebrating Thanksimus. Just get all of the holidays done at once. And then, you know, your your cornucopia can make a New Year's resolution. (laughs) Just two. Okay, two of them. Unless I, on the other side of Christmas, put up some New Year's decorations, which I don't even think I've got. But anyway, yeah. What is it about 2020 that has led me to the point where of complete indecision? I don't know what to be decorating, so I'm just going to smush them all together. And I'm just (laughs) going to call it Thanksimus. I'm going to say that this is a personal choice, Mm -hmm. one that I've never made before. Normally, I clear everything out from one season and put in a new. But this year, this year, Taylor, I could not bring myself to take down all of the Thanksgiving decorations. I have decorated for Christmas before early, mm-hmm. and I had no qualms taking down all the fall stuff and putting all the Christmas wow. stuff. But there's just something about this year where I feel like I just need to hold on to all the good stuff as long as I possibly can. We need as many holidays up at once. So I've got a little bit of thanksimus going on at my house right now. And you're giving Kelly some ideas. I was pretty inspired. I'm in the car already and it's early. And I thought, oh, thanksimus. But then we'd have to add tine on the end because I have a heart wreath that I really like. Okay. And I thought, you know what? My husband's idea of decorating is the whole Thanksgiving kids plate where nothing touches. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to do it. And then when he comes home some night from work, there's going to be a heart wreath on our door now. Yeah. Thanks, Miss Tine. Tine Day. Thanks, Miss Tine Day. Valen Thanks, Miss Day. Yeah, I have not done the whole Thanks, Miss decorating yet, but I'm going to. You're going to? Good. I go home tonight. Yeah. I'm Join the party. starting something. Woohoo. Have a good day. Happy Thanks, Miss. I honestly look forward to it. I get myself psyched up. I know today is the day that I'm going to put together my 5,127 part tree. (laughs) And I turn on a Christmas movie because that's my thing. When I'm putting up decorations, I love to watch Christmas movies. And I love everything about that except for the part where you're watching a movie. I personally prefer to decorate to Christmas music. Ah, movies v. music. What do you think, Frank? I like the idea of the music a little bit more because the movie can distract me, especially if it's like the elf. 
I mean, I really like that movie. I get sucked into that one every time. Doesn't matter how many times oh I've seen goodness. it. That little lady could sing. You guys can't watch a movie and decorate Christmas at the same time because you might, quote, get sucked into the movie and lose concentration. Look, don't pick on us guys. I okay. can do yeah. 17 things at the same time and not lose concentration. No. And, and that's because you are extra unique. Okay? <laughs> and we put an extra on with a lot of emphasis. It's not always on the same weekend, but whenever I do decorate for Christmas, I always watch a Christmas movie. It's just what I do. I'm a big fan of listening to Christmas music when the decorating happens. What about you, Kendra? All right, so mine's music, and it has to be Elvis Blue Christmas. <laughs> yes. Because my mom always listens to that when she puts her tree up. Yeah. And so it makes me always think of my mama. Okay, That's well, great. I'm not going to argue with that. My husband, like, rolls his eyes every time I do it. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you persist. After the tenth time, he's like, can we listen to something else now? <laughs> so it's just Blue Christmas on repeat the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Heidi, when I was growing up, I always thought that the word cope had a negative connotation. Yeah. Like somebody who was coping was just barely hanging on. Is that the right way to look at coping? I think it's better to look at it, what we are all doing to get through, whether we identify it specifically as coping or not. Okay. So coping really means just dealing with stuff. Okay. okay. So so coping could be a good thing. It's a great thing. We're okay. all dealing with stuff every day. Let's just go back to this whole idea of 2020. Right. It's not a normal year. We've had a global pandemic that's not getting any better from what we've seen. We've had a contentious election. We've had derechos. We've had snow squalls. I mean, come on. All the things. All the yeah. things. All the things. Dr. Heidi. And that's on top of everybody else's stuff that always stuff. goes on. And so here we come into the holiday season. We're supposed to be joyous. And many of us hear the word cope and we're like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do to try to cope. It's important to think about coping as something that works for you to manage the things, all the things more effectively and a little bit better. So sometimes we can get caught up into ineffective coping. So things that we're doing that actually don't work super well. Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its don't work well. <laughs> That's a great example. I have found that out yeah. in 2020. Albeit they taste really good going in. They do not help cope they do not help. with the they, overall yes. picture. I well, think the barometer for me is unhealthy coping feels really good while I'm coping and really bad once I stop coping. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I love that because that's the example, right? Like, so online shopping, it's great. It's numbing. You don't have to think about all the things. And then you look at your credit card statement and you realize that was too much coping, right? Yep. And then stress goes up. Stress oh. goes up. And so here's the thing. It helps for a little while. That's why we do it. Even things that actually are ineffective coping, we do them because they help for a little while. Cheez-Its help for a little while. Mm -hmm. They don't help long term. No, they don't. <laughs> if you're coping in a way that's causing you stress, you're realizing, I can't can't keep doing the online thing, right? I can't keep eating all, all the things, mm -hmm. right? Step it back. Realize that it's helping you legitimately, but not helping you as well as it could be. So don't shop in isolation, maybe, is what a good thing <laughs> to say. Go out with to, some friends yeah. and give yourself a budget, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, pick your own budget. I feel like that's more helpful than someone else giving you a budget. But set some limits for yourself. As believers, we have to practice discipline, yeah, right? I and agree. we do feel better when we do. Buying one sweater instead of five is comforting. It's fun. And it's not then stressful at the end of the month when we get the credit card bill. But it really is recognizing that there's something going on 
that we need to manage and we need to sit with. Sometimes coping is not avoiding the feeling. Sometimes coping is sitting with it, putting words to it, and maybe crying with a girlfriend or, or sharing with your husband, just talking it out, and it maybe involves tears, but then you feel better afterwards, yeah. right? Because coping is not just avoiding. That's hard. The sitting in it, like a giant blanket of grief and anxiety and yeah. sitting in it, putting your head down and feeling it because you need to, that's really hard. It's so hard. But it does help because, number one, you learn how to do it. And number two, I think it feels a little bit better on the other side. That's the thing. It helps you get to that other side. Yeah. Unless you're putting words to it, unless you're bringing it to God in prayer, honestly, with that raw emotion, you're not going to hear what he's saying. Mm. And I think sometimes there's that fear that if I sit with this hard thing, if I don't just numb out about it, I'm going to be overwhelmed. If I start crying, I won't stop crying. Mm. You will. You will. You do. I know that. You know that. So taking that first step, say, God, here I am. Here are all the things I don't want to talk to you about, but they're here. And then trusting that his Holy Spirit will meet you in that moment and you will get through it because he will and you will. Second, third, last, middle children. You did get treated differently. Yeah. You did. You hear that? I did. What all of us have felt in our hearts Mm -hmm. all these years has been proven true. Yes. Moms treat their children differently, and it often goes according to birth order. Hmm. Really, the researchers say, it has a lot to do with personality of the child. Okay. But the personality of the child has a lot to do with their birth order, so it is a bit of circuitous reasoning. (laughs) But what we do know is that it's not that they love any one child more or less than the other. That is absolute science. That is true. Across across the board, it is true. Firstborn children are treated differently by mom, but it's not because she likes you better. It's just because the firstborn is the practice child. (laughs) Well, the study doesn't come out and say that. But that's what it is, right? Two of the big takeaways from this giant study that they recently did is oldest children, moms play with them more. Like 15% more. Moms play with them more. Second, third, whatever kiddos afterwards, moms praise them more. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? That is really interesting. (laughs) Those of you with siblings, everybody was like, aha! I knew it! Science is on my side. (laughs) So, a science study came out, and Mm -hmm. it said that scientifically, it is true that... Because of science, moms are tired by the time child second, third, and fourth come along. And yes, they do treat their older children differently, but it's not because they love them more. And one of the things that it said in the study was that they usually play more with older children. And I'm like, well, duh. Let me throw this in. I'm the baby of 14 children. So, yeah, I'd like to know if the reason they don't play with me is because they had 13 other to to play with me. And <laughs> Did they know they had you? You know what? I'm not really sure. I think my mom thought my oldest sister was my mom. <laughs> I can just see your mother going, now which one is this no. one? When she called us, she would go through Depp, Wynn, Cap, Chris, Bill, Karen. She didn't throw the boys' names in. And then she finally said, whoever you are, get over here. <laughs> so. I love your mother. If you are a younger sibling, 
bless you. Really bless you? Really, really? Because yes, I have to say, bless you. we older siblings get together sometimes and we're like, yeah, well, they got to do this and we never got to do that. And I got to say, I, I was fortunate enough to have parents who were very concerned with making sure things were fair, making sure we had no way to think that one of us was more loved than the other. That must have been exhausting. I, I'm sure it was for them. <laughs> but there was one thing. Oh, no. I remember. When I turned 13, oh. and suddenly, I was old enough to watch a PG-13 movie. Big deal! And Big day! You remember that movie, The Omega Code, that came out? Well, yeah, that was a Christian movie. It was a Christian movie about that was the rated, end times. That was rated PG-13. PG-13, so I, was, I finally get to watch this. You were so excited. And we sit down to watch The Omega Code. <gasps> and my little brother, at 10 years old, is sitting right next to me. Betrayal. <laughs> Betrayal. At 10 years old, my little brother got to watch a PG-13 Christian movie. <laughs> I had to wait until I was 13. So, guess who had a really difficult childhood? It's the morning that you get to open up the presents. Mm-hmm. And you never quite know what's going to be under the tree because there's always that one unique gift. And we want to hear about your unique Christmas gifts. We got to open up a present, uh, kind of Christmas Eve. It was uh, kind of when, like, Nintendo, like, I had a Nintendo, so. Okay. I was like, oh, this definitely a Nintendo game. I'm excited. I unwrapped that thing, and it was the movie Gulliver's Travel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least it's not boring. Yeah. You know, there are these unique Christmas gifts that kind of add spice to the season. I was reaching under the tree to pass out gifts to each of them. I reached down and for just a moment I thought, oh, plastic snake. And then I thought, no, I didn't buy a plastic snake. <laughs> and it was a real life. Oh, oh, oh. But long. <laughs> So I put on gloves and I caught him and I took him out to the barn. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody was getting a pet snake for Christmas. He just found nobody a new habitat. Was getting, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the snake was under your Christmas tree. Yeah. I don't know how he got there. If he came in on the Christmas, because it was a live Christmas tree. Yeah. I don't know if he'd been ha- hanging out in the Christmas tree. Oh, my word. That's so horrifying. That's Listen. Like, that is terrifying. I read this book that starts out with a snake and a tree. And it doesn't end well. <laughs> There's always that one person that just has to have a really or give a really unique gift. Yeah, that I mean, really unique gift that the family then talks about for years. Yeah, no Amazon gift cards for you. <laughs> no book that you've been talking about. What is that unique gift that you gave or received? When it came time for gifts. A cousin that was little, I mean, he was probably six, was so excited about his present. And my sister had an extra twinkle in her eye. I don't, I don't know. I just could sense something was coming. And when he opened it, she got him a fancy chicken. A fancy chicken. What? what like a, a live chicken? Yes. Yes. Oh. He lived in the country and he had like <laughs> pet chickens. I didn't even know there was such thing as fancy chicken. Fancy? But there was. Like a different kind of chicken. And it was alive in the box. <laughs> did, did it like make chicken sounds at all? Was it like clucking? It wasn't clucking. I mean, and honestly, it didn't have to cluck. We were all shocked. How long was this fancy chicken in a box? 
I bet two hours. But at the same time, I don't know if it was a war. It was not like crammed in there. I mean, yeah. it was a big box. I mean, it's a so chicken. I'm Is he sure. really going to get bored? <laughs> but then I thought, oh, my word, my gifts are fun, but I better up my A game. So we want to hear about those unique gifts. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a family legacy gift or maybe it's a common gift given in a unique way. Well, sometimes when I need to give cash, I give it as cold, hard cash, and I freeze it in an ice ring. (laughs) I mean, it is cold and hard. It is, yes. I first did that with my nephew, um, who was um, kind of a surly young man, and um, (laughs) when he was about 13, and he did not find it funny. Oh, well, we do. Did did, Did you also give him a hair dryer to go with it? No. No, I didn't. I let him do it the hard way. (laughs) The question is, do you let the cold ring of ice just melt or do you chip at it until you get to the money? (laughs) Like a a money miner (laughs) or you pop it in the microwave and make everybody angry. Is it legal to microwave U.S. currency? Asking for a friend. (laughs) I don't think it's good for your microwave. No, that's probably true. Sure, there's some joke about microwaving Benjamin Franklin. He'll discover electricity all over again. (laughs) So this call is a little late, but I finally solved a debate you guys had a year ago. Oh, really? (laughs) I can't wait to hear your response. What debate, Ross? My wife and I had waffles this morning, and we talked about whether or not we should fill each individual square with syrup Uh or spread the syrup across the waffle haphazardly like Jen would do random for some weird reason. Yeah. So anyway, neither one of us had syrup on our waffle this morning and it solved it. <laughs> you you just, just didn't use syrup? We just didn't use syrup. What just did you use? Dry waffle? Butter and jelly for my wife. Butter and peanut butter for me. Oh. I know it's weird, but that's no, what I did. No, no, I can get behind that. But it totally solved it. We don't have to worry about the syrup debate anymore. Did you guys legit talk about Taylor and Jen while you were eating your waffles this morning? Yes, we did. Oh my word! I feel fulfilled. I'm, I'm honored. I am truly honored of all the food items that make you think of me. It would be waffles. Me and me. Well, yeah, and Jen, too. That's important. <laughs> One of my favorite books by C.S. Lewis is actually his autobiography, mm. and it's called Surprised by Joy. 2020 has been a year where I have been surprised by thankfulness. At times, I realized as One by one by one, stuff got stripped away, what I had left behind, Hmm. and how thankful I was for it. (laughs) This is going to sound self-serving, but actually, one of the things that I'm really thankful for is you. And yes, I'm talking to Taylor, but I'm also talking to you. Sometimes when you do a job like this, after a while, you kind of take it for granted, Mm -hmm. you know? But remember back during those days where March, April part of May, where you would go out and the roads would be empty. Yeah. It was closed down quiet. But I got to come here every day and Taylor got to come here every day and we would open up the microphone and we wouldn't know who was there, but you would call Mm -hmm. and you would encourage us. You would pray with us. You would laugh with us in the middle of something that was completely knocking us all back. We were just, we had, we had no idea. What, mm-hmm. what, what is this? And I started realizing that I looked forward to Oh Dark 30 every morning <laughs> more than I ever have in my life. Radio during a pandemic, when I got to come in and I got to talk to you, it was that lifeline. Yeah. And you 
were amazing. You were, and you still are. It's been a weird year, but it's been one of our favorite years. I think I can speak for you too. It, it's been really meaningful, and I think you know we still talk about so many frivolous things and goof <laughs> off so much, but to have people to laugh with us mm-hmm. and to share stories with us, it, it's been a really beautiful time. So I am surprisingly thankful for you. I was thankful for you before, but in 2020, even more. Sometimes it's a muscle that needs working on, Mm -hmm. right? The thankful or grateful muscle. It has been a hard year. (laughs) Nobody is going to deny that. Oh, yeah. But there have been things to be thankful for, and there are things that have been surprisingly grateful this year. Yeah, especially if you've got something that you never really expected to be thankful for. We would love to hear from you. My son and his wife are pregnant, and it's been just a really great thing for us to all look forward to. She's not due till next spring, but just, I don't know, the joy of new life. It's just been really fun for our whole family to Mm. have something to get excited about. You're going to be a grandma. I am again. I'm super excited. You sound like you're 29. So um, (laughs) you're so kind. I'm not knowing how that works, but what are you going to be? Are you going to be, is it Nana, grandma? What is it? No, I'm, I'm just grandma. You're just Just grandma. grandma. No, yeah, you are the grandma. There is no such thing as just grandma. <laughs> the grandma. I like to claim that I'm the favorite grandma. I'll you probably that. are. You sound like the favorite grandma to me. <laughs> never thought I'd be thankful for something like this. I mean, first of all, I never thought that a pandemic would be something to experience and have thankfulness around. Yeah, how many of us thought in our lifetime we'd be experiencing a pandemic? And just being like... Trapped in the house and having to cancel travel, Mm -hmm. cancel plans, cancel social things. But I've got to say, being unable to see some of my friends and some of my family has actually made me work harder to connect to all of them. Yeah, I've got friends that I hadn't talked to in years and we hang out with every other night. My little brother and I have started talking. We'll have lengthy conversations three, four, five times a week. Yeah, my sister and me too. And I think there's something about recognizing, man, we can't get together, so we've got to make an effort to talk and to bond. And all of a sudden you realize, I'm talking to my family and my friends more now than I did before I was allowed to just go out the door and visit them. You think you know a person. (laughs) Oh, brother. We've been doing this together for three and a half years now. Almost four, yeah. Almost four years now, and I just learned something. Feels like a lot longer sometimes. Appalling. (laughs) It's not appalling. I really do think that you are making more out of this than it truly is. Then I'm just going to let you state your case. You know by now that I decorated my Christmas tree Mm -hmm. like two weeks ago. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have a problem with that. Put up the Christmas tree. And then I put on the ornaments and I talk to my ornaments because I love my ornaments. They have pictures. You talk of, to your I ornaments. totally talk okay. to my ornaments. Yeah. So I get all the ornaments done and I make myself a nice hot cup of cocoa and I sit on my couch and I look at my tree. And then I get up and I fix the ornaments. And that's where you lose me. <laughs> and then I sit back down again and then I look at the tree again Take a couple of sips. Then I get up and I fix the ornaments you again. You rearrange the ornaments. I rearrange the ornaments at least three times. I feel like <laughs> once once you have put those ornaments on the tree, you're in the final configuration. Okay, th- who says you have to set it and forget it? Who says that? I do. That's just 
just ridiculous. That's, that's it's my the Christmas tree. police. That is a codicil in the Christmas police law that you cannot change the Christmas ornaments after they are set. Okay, first of all, I think you just made up that word. Codicil is a word. I don't know if I used it correctly, but it's a word. Second of all, I know you just made up that rule because nothing says that after you've put up your ornaments, you can't fix them. There was a hole and I needed to get up and fix the hole. And then that hole created another hole. So we had to do a whole bunch of shifting. And eventually it got to the point where I could sit down and look at the tree without getting up and fixing something. Jen, Christmas holes are okay. That's just what a wreath is. (laughs) I think this is in the Christmas rule book somewhere. Codicil 45A. (laughs) You... You just made it up. There is nothing wrong with putting the ornaments on the tree and then stepping back and fixing them, which I do pretty much between the time I put the tree up and the time I put the tree down. I think that once they're on, they are there permanently oh, and you can't rearrange them. That's such a weird rule. But we want to know what you think. Well, first of all, I got to tell you, the word codicil or codicil means in addition to a will. <laughs> um. So at least it was a legal term. But otherwise, you're right. We shouldn't touch the ornaments yeah. after they're on the tree. What? Yeah. Says who? Says me and Ross. The only reason you should touch an ornament is if it falls off the tree. Yeah. What if your cat brings it to you in the night? Then it's fallen off the tree. Then you have a problem because you have a cat. <laughs> Ross. You're sitting on the edge of the couch and you're drinking your hot chocolate and you're looking at your Christmas tree. It's all decorated mm. and lit up and it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Except there's a hole. Because one of the ornaments didn't get placed properly. So you get up and you move it. And then you sit back down and, oh, okay, well, that left a different opening. So you have to move things around a little bit just to the point where it, it it's perfect. And that, to me, is no way to live. I don't understand why this bothers you so it's, much. It's just, I, I don't know. I've always been of the mind that once you get your tree decorated and you've got everything where you want it, you need to be content. You leave and, it? And you, leave, you leave the tree like it is. It might as well have been shellacked at that point. Oh my goodness, I totally don't believe that I'm weird at all. Do you believe that Jen is weird, Lindsay? No, you're not. Thank you. No. At least not about this, right? Right. <laughs> I do it with my lights, with my ornaments. I have colored ornaments, and if like two reds are in the same color, I have to switch it with a gold or a blue. <laughs> That's and exhausting. And my son tries to help. Oh, <laughs> yes. Do you rearrange them in front of him when he's placed them, or do you wait for him to leave the room? Yes, I will step back away from my Christmas tree and I will rearrange the ornaments and I will do it several times. In I fact, I'm probably going to no. do it today just because we've talked about it. I, I, I don't <laughs> think that is a way that you should do Christmas. I, I just don't think that's okay. Why? Because I said so. <laughs> You're not allowed to pull that out. You're not even a dad. I can't can't think of a logical reason, but it just feels wrong to me. Like you have to put the ornaments on and just leave them where you put them? I think there's a sense of contentment that comes from saying, I never need to rearrange the ornaments again. What do you think, Steve? And you can let us know. 515-327-1071. Jen, I got a real quick question just specifically for you. In your living room there, did you put up your tree or Taylor's? <laughs> it's my tree. Okay, then it should probably look exactly how you want it to look. That that <laughs> just makes me feel small. <laughs> no, because then in your house, when you put up your tree, that tree should look how you want it to look. And if you get your ornaments on there and you're like, 
Yep, that's what I got. Then, hey, that's what you got. You know, it's Christmas. I fixed ornaments on Taylor's tree last year. <laughs> that, that I think, that was a Christmas bridge too far. No, no, because it's love. It's yeah. done out of love. Oh, lo- oh, okay. This has been the Taylor and Jen podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.